Hello and welcome back to Fancy a Brother podcast. If you are new, hi, welcome. My name is Kirsty and I am your host for the show. This week we have a fan favourite episode, also one of my favourite episodes to do and that is In Conversation With. These are episodes that are less interview styled, which is kind of most of the podcast is uh, chat show style, so more interview styled. But these episodes are um, where I give my two cents as well, I guess, and it's more of a conversation than an interview. So this week we are joined by my fabulous co-host of Small Talk, which is our short series on Wednesdays, um, Naomi House Steven. So before we kick off into that, I will do the intro. Just one thing before we get into it. Hopefully I can edit this to fix it, but I'm... When I, when I were recording, she lost signal at one point and we had to stop the recording and start again. So I'll try and edit it as seamlessly as possible, but just be prepared for perhaps a little bit of an abrupt start, stop, start, if that makes sense. Yeah, so let's kick into my small wonder of the week. So this is a small wonder of the week that I never in my wildest dreams could have imagined would become something that I would like. It just blows my mind. So um, actually my small wonder of the week is sand in between my toes. I bet no one saw that coming. I used to hate sand and getting it everywhere. Um, for those of you that are new to the podcast, I've recently moved to Aberdeen, Aberdeen, where I live really near the beach. And yes, it's just a Scottish beach, whatever, but I'm in love with that beach and I spent every waking living second I can there. And today I just kind of walked down the beach in my bare feet and it was so so enjoyable um obviously when I came home I just washed my feet in the sink and then cleaned the sink I live by myself FYI just in case you're like oh that's really unhygienic um and it was so so nice to feel the sand in between my toes I can't really explain why and a younger me would be rather confused as to who she's listening to talk right now so that is um my small wonder of the week So for this week, for what I'm engaging with, I have, I think, spoken about podcasts before, but I'm just going to talk about them again, talk about some new ones, or maybe an old one that I haven't mentioned before, um, that I'm really enjoying. So I've got my top four, if you will. Recently, I've become massively obsessed with um, Thick and Thin by Katie Bellotti. Um, I really love her episodes and the way she structures them with um, her talking for a bit and then telling a story about somebody in history and they're just very well put together and I just find them super interesting. Um, that's like my perfect shower podcast, I guess. That's why I shower too in the morning. So here's a fun fact for you if you want to live your life like me. Um, one of my friends who actually will be coming on the podcast soon started his own podcast. It's just nice short episodes, perfect for commuting or... Um, like a short commute or again in the shower or just a little break in your day um called dedicate 24 I'm pretty sure I'm pretty sure um so I'll have that linked in the show notes um another one of my friends started another podcast which I adore called seasoning this UK which I also highly recommend and I'm not saying that just because I like the person that is part of it but it is actually a really epic podcast and then of course it wouldn't be a done deal without shouting out the other pod co- podcast, sorry, that Naomi co-hosts in her spare time. This girl, I don't know how she does it all, um, called Nothing Means Everything. Their recent episode was such a hoot. I um, actually listened to it on my whole journey from 
Perth back to Aberdeen when I was visiting my parents and it was perfect I loved it so check that out and there's a little shout to me in that episode which was nice I guess for me yeah so that is my things I'm engaging with this week hi all just Kirsty jumping in here as per usual for my charity of the week this week I think the charity Oh, I'm so sorry. I hope that didn't hurt your ears. Bless me. Um, this year, I'm pretty sure this week, this year, sorry, <laughs> sneeze and your brain goes to pieces. Um, this week, I am su- supporting a charity, which I'm pretty sure I've supported before. We've posted about them on our Instagram. Um, I'm a very big advocate for this charity, and that is the Choose Love charity. Um, this episode is all about this supposed migrant crisis. So, of course, it would be quite natural for us to include this is our charity. It makes perfect sense. Um, as you listen to the episode, you'll hear different things you can do to get involved with Choose Love. So I won't chat about them too much. But they have just come out with a new Choose Love collection, which looks epic, um, which they've launched and it's part of um, Fashion Week with obviously an amount going to them. And then also they are, so on the Choose Love website, you can buy stuff for, that goes straight to people in living in these overcrowded and unsanitary camps who obviously need sanitation more than ever with the current world pandemic. So you have the option on their website at the moment to buy toilets and showers for someone, medical care, or a basic wash bag, as well as, of course, donating and all that kind of things, all that stuff that we'll get into later on. This is honestly the perfect gift for people who have it all. And um, I definitely would much rather receive a gift like that than um, than something that I'm probably going to use once and then it's not going to be of use. So, yeah, please t- check out Choose Love. Their website is just choose.love. Um, their Instagram I'm pretty sure it's just choose love they post updates and keep you up to date on being educationally informed correctly on their Instagram so check that out too and enjoy the rest of this week's episode okay so now we are kicking off with my favorite section of the the podcast section that a lot of people seem to enjoy um, our poem of the week. So this week I found a poem by Warsan Shire, um, who's a British Somali poet. I will try and find their um, social media information for you and um, a place where you and I will link the website where I found this poem. But this poem is called Home by Warsan Shire. Home. No one leaves home unless home is the mouth of a shark. You only run for the border when you see the whole city running as well. Your neighbour's running faster than you, the boy you went to school with who kissed you dizzy behind the old tin factory is holding a gun bigger than his body. You only leave home when home won't let you stay. No one would leave home unless home chased you, fire under feet, hot blood in your belly. It's not something you ever thought about doing, and so when you did... You carried the anthem under your breath, waiting until the airport toilet to tear up the passport and swallow each mouthful of paper, making it clear that you would not be going back. You have to understand. No one puts their children in a boat unless the water is safer than the land. Who would choose to spend days and nights in the stomach of a truck unless the miles travelled meant something more than journey? 
So if you want to check out more of Worsenshire's work, I will have their information in the show notes. And that was Home by Worsenshire, who I said already was a British Somali poet. Um, So please enjoy the rest of this episode where Naomi and I have a conversation um, all about the supposed migrant crisis currently happening in the UK. Enjoy. So you are now joining us for the main part of this week's episode. This week we're doing something a little bit different. We like to do these every once in a while. I think they're going to become a little bit of a feature on the show. We do a conversation with someone. Um, We had one with Marion Jockmans and then the other one we've done was with Naomi before. And we are joined by my co-host of Small Talk, Naomi Hell-Steven again. Hello, everyone. (laughs) Um, So this week we are talking about the supposed migrant crisis. Um, yes, so mark. we will get all into why it does have the quotation marks or bunny ears, if you like, um, and why it's not really a migrant crisis and what more we can be doing to help people seeking refuge in the places that we live in. Um, so I think we wanted to really kick this one off, though, by talking about the Moira emergency. For those of you that don't know, Moira is the name of the refugee camp in Greece. And um, 70% of the camp was recently destroyed in a fire and it actually is growing. Um, and the ways that you can help with that is you can donate to Choose Love's emergency fund. They have an urgent appeal for items by October 3rd and 4th. And their urgent appeal is for nappies, toothpaste, deodorant, shampoo, shower gel and soap. So like hygienic things. Um, but we'll have all of that in our show notes. And they also, Choose Love also have a petition up right now. So please go and sign that. We have linked that in our story in the past we probably will have it linked in our bio for the rest of this week um so please check that out that's super important these people just can't catch a break really and that's a light way of putting it so please go and help moira and do what we can to make a difference in greece so yeah um i was thinking naomi we could start off by chatting about why this is not nor was it ever a a migrant crisis yeah yeah i I think that's a good way to bring people into what we're talking about yeah so when we're talking about a migrant um a migrant is somebody if you look it up and you do the research is somebody who if they're white and well off maybe known as an expat a a rather kinder word perhaps um and it's somebody who typically moves for work from what i understand yes yeah so you can't if you're moving because of um seeking asylum you can not be a bogus or a legal asylum seeker like that doesn't exist there is no such thing as an illegal refugee there's no such thing as a bogus refugee these things don't exist they're just um political terms used to try and make you turn against people in who find themselves in yeah exactly you're right so i mean just let's just stop using that term actually something really interesting i learned today so i also don't really love calling people by groups if that makes sense like by refugees or asylum seekers or things like that because it kind of like also alienates them and like places them into a group and it doesn't allow them any other personality so today i was in a lecture um, about English's additional language and I discovered that children who 
seek refuge in this country or families who do they're called new scots okay do you think that's nice yeah it's so nice isn't it it's a lot more welcoming as opposed to just oh Mm. you're a refugee or you're an asylum seeker because then it it has that negative connotation that they've come from somewhere bad as opposed to they've just moved to somewhere better yeah exactly it's such a better way to put it and it's also like including them in the new country that they've moved to right and it's not like it's not making them have to relive their trauma if you like every time somebody like groups them yeah so i feel like when we're talking about them throughout this we're gonna try and like make it people-centered language but that is a hard change to make so when we can't do that we are gonna say like new scots as the term because I just really like that term and I think it's one we should use because I know that there isn't one in England that we can use so of course there's not in England because England (laughs) doesn't have inclusive language like that that would just be too kind of us wouldn't it (laughs) indeed um so this is something that Naomi and I are super passionate about um honestly I started learning more about the um the refugee crisis and um what was going on in the world through my dissertation in my final year of my undergrad when I decided right. to look into like the representation of refugees in children's literature and spent a lot of time doing research and just learned that so many of the things that I was being taught by like the media and by um like headlines or click clickbait or anything like that which were just completely not factual and inaccurate yeah. and like alienating and um xenophobic or racist or both to be honest and um I think it really just opened my eyes to like how awful obviously it's awful that they're they're being through this trauma and I was always aware of that but it made me realize just how how terrible it truly is not that I will ever understand on the same level if that makes sense so that is one of the reasons why we decided to talk about that so one thing that you get a lot when you talk to people about why people seek refuge or seek asylum is that like they could the the common thing that people say to you as an argument is they could go somewhere closer. So I think Naomi that you have some really good points about why why they don't do that, right? Yes. I think the argument that they could go somewhere closer, I think it's entirely redundant because just because somewhere's closer doesn't mean that it's necessarily safer for mm-hmm. them to go to. Also you have to think about the fact that England has literally colonized like 80% of the world. Yeah. So therefore, a lot of people know English as a second language. Therefore, if your entire life has been destroyed and you're thinking, I need to uproot myself and go to a new place, it's going to be so much easier for you to restart in a place where you already know the language. Yeah. So instead of them thinking to themselves like, oh, let me go to France because it's closer, then that's a whole new language that they have to learn on top of already having to resettle themselves and seek asylum and also at the same time why shouldn't they come here because most of the issues are probably started by our country going in and destroying Mm. their country so why shouldn't they have a right to come here yeah and also there isn't any rule anywhere that they can't there's no rule that you have to go to the closest country that's not a thing yeah but also it's like england has such a long history of you know, especially through, you know, colonialism and stuff, as painting yeah. itself as this such country a positive. that is so great. Yeah. yeah, so if you've painted yourself as that, painted yourself as the place where everyone should be and it's so full of opportunity, then of course they're going to come here. Like, it, it, I don't understand why it's a debate and why it's an issue. 
you. Yeah. Plus, for all you know, you like can, they might have friends and family here. Maybe like friends and family moved here in the past for work exactly. or for academia, or they like when they were seeking refuge in the past, like they came here, or maybe they've always had relatives here. Like you don't know people's yeah. lives, and you can't just presume things about people. Maybe they've got a pen exactly. pal for all you know. And do you know what? A pen pal is better than no one. I'd take a pen 100%, 100%. pal arriving and not knowing a And it might even person. just be that, like, it might even just be that they've been on holiday here before and they're yeah, so you know a little because, bit. Yeah. Yeah. Because you know how you were saying that, like, your first kind of introduction to this whole refugee and migrant crisis, as I say in quotation marks, was kind of doing it through mm-hmm. your dissertation. Mine was a little bit more kind of first hand. Um, so a few mm-hmm. years ago, I actually went to volunteer at a similar kind of setup, like a refugee camp, but this was in Calais. The I went jungle, there for a right? few days. Yeah, in the jungle, which a similar thing has happened. Literally, as soon as I left there, I found out a few weeks later that the whole place had just yeah. not even really been destroyed, but like the police had been in and just broken everybody up. So there was like 10,000 people there, including about one or 2,000 children. Mm-hmm. And yeah, who knows where they are now. Again yeah but even yeah. when i was there you know you get to talking to people while you're there because we were there kind of handing out supplies and they have to line up with a ticket to get um mm-hmm. their packages of stuff and you just get talking to them because obviously the queue is like hours and hours long and as soon as they hear the accent they're like oh yeah i've been to london and i did this with my family a few years ago it was mm-hmm. so so great and so they already kind of have that connection with the country they yeah. already feel like they sort of know the place and that's a place where they're going to be accepted. So yeah. their first thought when they leave is, let me go to a place that I already feel somewhat familiar with. Yeah, and I think exactly. When I was, like when I was having those conversations with them, it did really hit me hard because all these conversations we have about refugees and things, we just speak about them as statistics. It's just, you know, however many tens or hundreds of thousands of them come into the country every year but then when you speak to them and they say oh yes I went on holiday to London with my family a few years ago and we came and we saw Big Ben and it's like these are actual people and they had lives Mm -hmm. they had perfectly good lives before all this happened and it's been absolutely stripped away from them and now you've got people trying to turn them away because they don't want to use their tax money to help these people these people Mm -hmm. wouldn't be here if they had any other choice yeah, exactly. It's also like the thing that, um, so like, if you believe that the government is like, that's another whole complex issue. But like, if you think that the government is going to these places, right, it kind of, de- it's different depending on the country. But if you believe mm-hmm. that the government is going to these countries to help the innocent civilians, right, then yeah. surely, if that is what the government is doing, then they should welcome the civilians on the other side with open arms when they're bombing their houses where else are they supposed to go like I literally put it so simply to a friend once and really her like I'm still friends with this person and we we have no issues but her ignorance really blinded her for a minute to say the least and I said to Mm -hmm. her we're talking about refugees and I just sorry new Scots and I just said (laughs) but imagine if I'm Imagine if you were living your life as we are right now. Imagine like we were living our lives. Maybe like we were in school. We were going to school every day. We were living our lives. Everything was normal. Um, and then all of a sudden, our home is being bombed. All of a sudden, yeah. we have nowhere we can go. There's nowhere that's safe. There's no food. Our parents are at risk of dying. We are at risk. Everyone's at risk. Um, everywhere you turn, there's rubble. And if there's not rubble, there's people shooting. Like, 
it's chaos everywhere you look. People are being beheaded in some countries. Mm-hmm. Like, what are you going to do? Are you going to stay or are you going to leave? And she was like, well, obviously I'm going to leave. And I was like, well, then naturally. Why, so then when you moved and you go somewhere else, would you not like them to be nice to you? Yeah, of course I would. And I was like, well, there, there, there's your answer. Like, yeah. hello, just put the shoes on the other on your own feet like just put your what's what's that put yourself in their shoes put yourself Um, in their shoes yeah yeah like just wake up a little bit I was like it's not hard I actually taught some of the kids in sorry I'm gonna gonna yeah no go on (laughs) and um so when I did um our when we worked at our summer camp that we worked at together and I did the um whole road show thingy that's what we'll call it for this right (laughs) we try to keep it like anonymous you know and um (laughs) yeah and um I actually did a a lesson if you like wasn't really an activity where the kids mm-hmm. were learning about um new scots or I suppose new canadian yes. we call them and right. um i spoke about your house being on fire as like the analogy mm. that children would understand mm-hmm. that if your house is on fire what do you do right straight away what's the reaction you get out yeah you're gonna leave yeah, yeah you get somewhere safe that's yeah. exactly what the put it simply for children that's exactly what are happening and kids grasp that in about two seconds and the other thing yeah. is like, if we paint ourselves as a safe country why would they not want to come here why would they, they not come here come somewhere that's properly safe like places like turkey are shooting them down while they're in dinghies so why are they gonna go there like yeah. they're gonna try and get to somewhere where they know they're actually gonna be safe where yeah. their children can have a good life Maybe they know that if their children learn English, then they're going to do better off. Yeah, that, like, that's, that's gonna not, open, there's that's nothing gonna wrong with that. Provide opportunities for them. Yeah. Yeah, and there isn't anything wrong with that because their children would have been learning English in their native country. Yeah, 100%. So, I think that does definitely go back to, you know, what I was saying about how we always talk about these people as statistics. And that's why mm-hmm. it's so hard for people to empathize with them. And yeah. I think we definitely saw a similar thing when it came to Brexit because a lot of people were, you know, they were like, mm-hmm. let's vote out of the EU because we don't want all these immigrants coming into our country. But then it's like to blame at, other people. Yeah, but I mean, if you look at the amount of people who retire and go and move to, you know, Spain because, yeah, so they, want, because they want, you know, warmer weather like and a nice, like, calm or... beach life. Yeah, and it's like, why is it okay mm-hmm. for you to want to leave to the country that you're in and move somewhere else for a better life but it's not okay for for these people when it's on the other foot yeah i completely agree i think that statistics are good they're they're right in a time and place right like they're good yeah. academically and for that but like statistics and names without like faces without names under headlines that mm-hmm. that's completely dehumanizes things yeah it can I be very damaging yeah, I completely understand why we have the news and why we have headlines. And I'm not saying get rid of the news. I'm just saying that mm. the news, A, needs to be more humanistic. As I don't think that's a word, but it is now. Um, but we get what you mean. <laughs> more, more humane about the way they write, especially their yes. headlines. And the headlines are disgusting even sometimes. Even then, there's, so books like, there's le- books like, this is a young adult novel, but I still recommend everyone in the world reads it. There's books like mm-hmm. A Land of Permanent Goodbyes. Obviously, like if you've been through trauma, this is quite a graphic book. So like trigger warning, maybe not for you or maybe like give yourself some time. But um, right. 
there's books like a land of permanent goodbyes that just really do so much to make you resonate with these characters and to feel do you know what i mean like empathize yeah. and, re- and really realize and really bring back the human aspects that have been stolen from new mm-hmm. scots by these mm-hmm. headlines and obviously yeah. you can't just like get your news from books because then you would only get your news every like five years so i'm not saying you need to do that <laughs> yeah. but it just needs to be some change and then there is one thing i want to say the little boy that you saw on the beach the horrific image that i'm sure no one will ever get out of their minds and in a way rightfully so but for the love of god never get his name out of your mind his name was alan curdy he had a name he has a family he had Mm -hmm. hobbies he had likes and dislikes he was not just another body on this beach but but this time just a young one so you could care for him for two seconds because he was young he had a name he had a life he was an individual human being you would not ever treat another child when you're reading about p1 starting recently in the news every single one of their names was underneath the photograph yeah it's not hard to include their name in a caption so if you're gonna talk about alan curdy talk about alan curdy yeah they do it on purpose that way exactly to dehumanize they just go oh look there's another one Look at yeah. these terrible parents putting their children in a dinghy and sending them halfway around the world without thinking, this is a parent who is risking their child's life over their own life because they're holding on to that tiny little bit of hope that their child might be able to get exactly. to somewhere safer and be in a better situation than they are currently. Yeah. And I think that is a good time. Good time maybe not the right. This is a, right, <laughs> a good segue, if you will. To talk right. about what has been happening more recently, disgustingly, mm-hmm. what has been happening more recently. The recent defamatory news cycles have shown just how little has changed. There's an animal show style commentating. It's like David Attenborough commentating, but it's not about animals. It's about people in a boat trying to get help. And people like Sky, I'm sure it was Sky News. If it wasn't, then I'll, I'll apologize in the show notes, but I'm pretty sure it was Sky that did one and um they were asking the people in the boat if they were okay which obviously they're gonna say yes they're not gonna say no on national news and then you're on this big massive boat filming these people mocking them as they're all stuck on a tiny lifeboat trying to get to safety like why do you think that's acceptable i just i just i can't understand that it's repulsive Naomi, are you there? Okay. Um, so the um, we're just talking about the recent defamatory news cycles have shown just how little has changed. Um, I'm pretty sure it was Sky News that did this. Um, mm-hmm. It was like one of the ones that did it. Um, and it was the animal show style commentating, like David Attenborough style commentating, but instead it was for people who were on yes. lifeboats. And then these people, these camera crews, there's like, a camera crew of like five people right max on a big right. massive yacht thing on a massive boat there. right next to them just filming right them suffering a, yeah right next to a lifeboat with about 20 people on it or something like that asking them if they're okay and expecting to get an honest answer like of course they're they're gonna say yeah. they're okay but like why are you not trying to help them why are you I know, just it's filming? Absolutely disgusting 
because it's entertainment to them like because yeah, it's, it's not repulsive. happening to them they don't care they like and it was you know almost i mean it's like that simple and it was sick humor like it was like they were mocking and laughing at them although yeah. they weren't actually laughing in their face like they might as well have been they might as well have been 100 percent. so that i really feel like that recent news cycle has shown just how little has changed this country Preeta patel or i'm pretty sure that's how you say her name but i have no respect patel, for yeah. her oh so, i don't like her either no you you are one of the main reasons that we have no respect for like people in government for that you're one of the main reasons why we are so like why nothing has changed and why it's so clear mm -hmm. that people cared for two minutes and then they stopped caring and now this has happened yeah. again and it's yeah. repulsive it's so unacceptable and there is something that i read that i wanted to say so people who seek refuge in the uk are expected to live off of a measly five pound 66 a day and are banned yeah. from working so choose love has a hashtag i'm pretty sure it's choose love that has a hashtag but i can check and put it in the show notes called hashtag lift the ban so um yeah. please all like tweet that instagram that hashtag it on snapchat i don't really care wherever you need to hash wherever you hashtag in your life but please lift the ban these people are more than these people is really bad terminology these wonderful individuals that are coming to our country are more than capable of creating change and doing good things and working well in this environment yeah. even if they're yeah. not creating change like on a big scale they're still more than capable of working and making money and doing things yeah, in our economy exactly. i think so this is the thing like, they, always, they always get painted as people that just want to come here to mooch off of this system because they couldn't be bothered to stay yeah. where they were like they literally came here because their entire livelihood was destroyed and they wanted to come here to start again and you know mm -hmm. it, i think i don't even think a lot of people know about the five pound 66 a day because all the media is plastering in the headlines is about how they're yeah. being put up in fancy hotels and then the thing that gets me is they always relate it back to money it's always oh this is going to cost the taxpayer so much it's like all these refugees and asylum seekers are costing the taxpayer this much a year. But okay, but how often do you talk about how much all these massive corporations tax avoidance? Well, is yeah, costing exactly. How much does the MP's duck house cost? Exactly, because the, the comparison is is not is completely non-existent. Yeah, I'd like to see that on a graph. Thank you. Um, and I also I do you know what I. I, if you think that that is a decent amount of money to live off every day, if you're somebody who's not aware of like the monetary value and how like that is so little for a day basis, I like encourage you to try and live like that for a while and see if you honestly, can do it. Because so honestly, true. imagine as well that you have a family, most likely you have to pay yeah. a phone. You have to remember, it's not like a student at uni. Even then I don't think I could do it. Like to do a laundry at a laundromat is probably around five pounds so yeah, that's one day gone and then on top of You're that watching. you know they're living off of that money a day and they're still having to you know file all the paperwork to actually yeah. be able to be in the country legally that isn't free people seem to think that that's free that those those procedures cost money where are mm -hmm. they going to get that money from? and where are they going to get the lawyer from exactly like obviously some people do work. They're struggling with their language you know mm -hmm. all of these things cost money they're like their kids enough. Their kids have to be fed. Their kids have to be, maybe their kids need like extra classes. Like I do know that the government 
in Scotland has quite a good initiative for like giving extra classes to kids who need it I believe for free sometimes but like that isn't the case everywhere and you never really know if they'll pass the test to be allowed to get that kind of thing if you see what I mean exactly but also growing children eat a lot <laughs> and five yeah. sixty six a day like I couldn't even eat off of that never mind a four no. like a, a family of three or a family of five like you have no idea like there's no way you could live off of that so no, I just wanted to couldn't. point out that because it's financially like it's nothing it really mm -hmm. is nothing to live off of yeah, and then no, I guess going on the children route for a second um, so just as adults have human rights under the UNHCR, which is the United Nations, oh, what does that stand for? Humans, children's, oh, I can't remember. Oh, whatever. Just Google rights, it. Rights, children's, something. Yeah, something like that. Um, children also have rights of a child. So mm -hmm. children also have rights. And that doesn't just mean little Johnny down the road, little Eleanor next door. I don't know. It means all children in the entire world have these rights. There's only two yeah. countries in the whole world that have not signed this act. One, yeah. surprisingly, perhaps not unsurprisingly more recently, is America. The other country, uh, I can't remember off the top of my head, but those are the only right. two countries that have not signed this. But I think America has like, their own version. But um, every single child in this world has rights. And we have voices and many of us have voices that are listened to, even though children's voices should be listened to. In fact, that's one of their rights. So yeah. it's time for us to start using them to ensure that all children have rights, but also let's ensure that all adults have human rights. Yeah, it's true. We can't just continue being like, well, we have our rights, who cares? We're, we have everything we need, so life is great. Like, it's no problem, no bother. Like, that's not how life works. We need to think uh, about other people at some point. And also, we have the space. Are you kidding me? I'm sorry. Like, there is tons of geographical space around in Scotland, for sure. I'm sure there's yeah. some in England. Your greed is. is killing people, literally. Not figuratively, no, not metaphorically. Literally, is your greed literally. and your need for a two, like a three-field-sized garden is killing people. Yeah. You don't need that kind of space. Yeah. We don't need you highlands. Don't need and also, and also yeah, no, go on. No, no, I was just going to say the highlands are so spread out. And yes, I obviously yeah. want to keep them like natural and like nice and stuff, but that doesn't mean people can't live there. People mm -hmm. live there already. Yeah. Yeah, no, that's the thing. Like, there 100% is space because I think that a lot of people don't realize that the UK actually takes in some of the least amount of refugees mm -hmm. and asylum yeah, seekers like than any other country ones. in Europe. Yeah, which is ridiculous considering that we are the richest country in all of Europe and we yeah. take in the least amount of refugees, but people are so worried about how is, how, where are we going to house them? There's no space. How much tax money is this costing us? We can afford it and we have the space for these people. Why, why are you trying to reduce them down to you know square square mileage and a couple mm -hmm. of pounds a week it's exactly. it's quite ridiculous it's quite it's we, quite disgusting we've already said this but i just want to reiterate this you cannot invade other countries and expect no repercussion obviously you you're you personally might not be the person doing the invading maybe you are maybe you are in the army like i don't know but um whether you're doing the invading or not your country is doing the invading 
Mm-hmm. And you can't expect your country to have no repercussion from that. And then you can yeah. cannot just sit back and say, oh, well, I want to help them. I feel so sorry for them. I feel so bad for them. They don't want you to feel bad for them. They don't want you to stay, say, feel sorry for them. You want me, they, People just want you to give a shit and do something. Yeah. Like, I you can't want, sit back and say, oh, I feel so bad. I feel so sorry for them, but I don't want them to come here. They don't want their, you don't, they don't want your sympathy. They yeah. want their lives back. They don't want to come here either, but they're here because they don't they want to be choice. here. Yeah. Yeah. There was no, there was no, there was no like decision. It wasn't like, would you like to move to, it's not like a little holiday they went on and they picked a brochure up and said, oh, you can yes. go here, here, here. What dates would you like to go? What university would you like to attend? Blah, blah, blah. How would you like your future to look? These people are uprooting their entire lives. That, like, do you think that that's by a choice? Like people exactly. don't do that for no reason. It's for no reason. Like yeah. you wouldn't leave your life for no reason. So to think that it's yeah. for no reason is disgusting. And I also want to say that we must continue to fight for Mercy Baguma Abdullah Ahmed Abdullah Al Habib and more. You need to say these people's names and create change. Mercy Baguma died in her own apartment on a, her flat floor who knows what's going to happen to her child now because she could not afford to live off of so little money yeah like hello yeah and that's in glasgow so people who are like oh it's fine we're in scotland we're so ahead of the game no we're not no Mm. we're we're really not we're really not just yeah no we're not so i think the best way to end this off is to talk a little bit about ways you can create change because we obviously don't want you to just like leave this being like oh god that's terrible obviously we've said already like try and um adjust your language to being more Mm people-centered and um less grouping obviously that's a work in progress and i'm sure like throughout this podcast i wasn't perfect at doing that and i was probably catching myself and correcting myself that's not something that happens overnight but it's something that you can consciously be working on all the time. But it, yeah. language might seem so small, but it actually can make such a big difference. Yeah. So that is like a small thing you can do. And then we have a couple other things. Yeah, I think um, one of the things, like obviously you said at the beginning about donating, but not even just money, like items as well. Yeah. That was one of the main things that I saw when I was, um, when I was at the camp in Calais. Mm-hmm. It's... But like the mo- money can do amazing things, but it's it's hard when you donate money to know how much of it is actually going to these people. And when they're actually living in these kind of emergency settlements, these camps, mm-hmm. money actually doesn't get them very far. Like they need the things immediately to survive, you know? So mm-hmm. donating things like toiletries and clothing, pots and pans, SIM cards even, so that, you know, they can have phones to contact their family yeah. or, you know, contact jobs and have contact have contact with them, those kind of things. But also just things that you would think to take for granted, like the tiny little luxuries in life mm-hmm. um, that, you know, again, we take for granted and we think, oh, why would they need that? But again, you have to remember that these are people, these are human beings. It was really upsetting for me when I was there and we were trying to hand out... Um, you know, bundles of clothes for these yeah. people. And they were getting so upset because all we had was, you know, donations from clothing companies that were kind of just like items they couldn't sell. And it was just boxes and boxes and boxes of the same t-shirts, hoodies and jogging bottoms. Yeah. And they were getting so upset and because we're handing everybody 
yeah we're handing everybody the same clothes and it's basically like handing them an orange prison jumpsuit like they're already there their life is already hard enough and you're already taking and then you're taking away their individuality by making them wear the exact same things and it's Mm -hmm. of course they're grateful for it of a hundred percent they are but it is it's exactly like you said you're you're already taking away their individuality which is kind of like the one thing that they they have have left. left yeah yeah so you know donate money if you can but if not there are so many other things yeah there's so many ways you can donate and if you don't like if you don't know just like look up your local area and different ways to donate and when you're donating clothes and stuff just say like do a little bit of research it's not like it doesn't normally take very long on like a website to see where where the clothes that you donate actually going and that yes. way you know that it's going to where you want it to go rather than like to textiles recycling bin because don't do that yeah like 100%. that's yeah. that's like worst case scenario that's like if something's no longer wearable but if yeah. you can wear something there's no reason why you can't donate it for someone else like why waste yeah, all of the work that someone's done on those clothes yeah i think just kind of t- to pay a bit more attention to your own day-to-day life and think about what yeah. are the things that i that i use in my day-to-day life that i don't even think about that someone might not have access to mm-hmm. when they're I living think- in that kind of emergency situation period like, products are things, like another big thing product, yeah. things for babies and children there yeah. were a lot a lot of women in this camp that mm-hmm. i was in and and like these places don't have you know proper plumbing so these children these women are you know again like they need period products they need mm-hmm. things to be able to feed their children all that kind of stuff and where are they going to get it they don't have access to that so if, exactly if there are things that you can donate even if you think it's the tiniest most insignificant thing it could mean so much to someone it could literally change their life and if you can't find um like if you don't if you can't find somewhere to donate or you're struggling um in terms of like or you don't have items to donate and but you want to donate but maybe you're not sure about donating money um i know that choose love in particular and um, have a shop and it's kind of like a shop where you shop for people at the camps so yeah. instead of donating your money as just money you can like buy a sleeping bag or you can buy a winter jacket or you can buy nappies yeah. or things like that and that way yes. you know exactly what it is that you're giving if that makes sense so it's like mm-hmm. a shop but for other for them to receive it so it's a really nice idea and it's also a really cool gift for people because it's yeah. cool when people like say they donated to somewhere for you but if they say like I donated this jacket like it just makes it so much more personal in terms of it being a gift as well and in terms of like knowing what impact that is going to have on people's lives so I think that that's like a super cool thing and I obviously like choose love are looking for donations um I know like I said at the start which I'll just say again for Moira you have until October 3rd and 4th so there's still a little bit left where they're really just looking for um general hygiene products or what they're in urgent appeal for that's obviously what they're lacking in um, mm-hmm. at the moment so nappies toothpaste deodorant shampoo shower gel and soap are the ones that they named but i'm sure anything else is kind of surrounding general hygiene might be something that they're looking for and if yeah. you look at their website you can find out more information so we'll have in them in our show clothing, notes yeah and in terms of clothing even if you think something's like a little bit too smart you can still um donate that as well because that goes back to the point that we were making about how these people are not just coming to sponge yeah exactly what are they gonna wear to a job interview if they've like exactly like i met people at this camp 
that had jobs they had been they had come mm-hmm. to calais and they had managed to fight pick up you know little bits of work mm-hmm. then at the end of the day they're still going back home to this emergency settlement this camp like they were having to ask the volunteers to help them tran- um you know translate paperwork and things like mm-hmm. that like these people are coming here because they want a better life they're willing to work under any circumstances some of them had even set up businesses within the camp they'd set up you know little food stalls so you wow, know us volunteers so cool. would come and like buy food and stuff yeah, like yeah. that they're not just coming here to sit on their ass and take money like they want to work under any circumstances mm-hmm. you just need to give them the opportunity to do so so another thing that you can do to create change and this is something that really ends up being something that we say in every conversation podcast where we talk about ways to create change about whatever it is that we think you should be creating change with um is educate yourself yes in life every day is a school day it's true don't ever stop learning don't ever stop educating the news to educate you no do your own work it's not and honestly it's interesting it is yeah it can be enjoyable to educate yourself and learn more and become more of like a well-rounded person, somebody that doesn't just depend on biased opinions. Like obviously everything is biased to a certain extent, but like can depend on their own brain to make opinions and decisions instead of the brains of big media executives. So just take the time to educate yourself. Just look at the resources that we provide in the show notes. I guess by listening to this podcast, you started congratulations good for you um maybe you've done a little bit before now incredible keep going keep paying attention keep but also please don't just listen like as much as I am very passionate and supportive of this please don't just listen to me because I don't have first-hand hand experience of what it's like to be a new Scot or somebody Mm -hmm. who is seeking refuge in another country that isn't Scotland and I will never have that first-hand experience so I can never truly tell you what they need and what they truly feel because they are individual people. So that's one thing to remember, but maybe just listen to them. Like if yes. you just treat them like how you would treat anyone else, if that makes sense. Like obviously yeah. you don't treat everyone the same, but just treat them with respect is what I'm saying. The yeah, same way you talk I'm... to any of your, anyone else that you know. Yeah. I was listening to um the radio and they were talking about, this uh, scheme that's, that another country set up. I can't remember exactly which one it is. I think it might be Sweden, where it's um, it's kind of like a community centre, but specifically mm-hmm. for you know refugee refugees and asylum seekers, so they can go there and like get um, you know lessons in language and like have food yeah. and stuff. But they also invite just people from the local community to come in and basically just like talk to them, have meals with them, have dinner with them. Yeah. And so not only does it help them to learn the language in a more conversational setting, but it also just strengthens the relationship between those people and the community because the community are actually meeting these individuals and Mm -hmm. talking to them and hearing their stories. And then, then they start to actually view them as people you know Mm -hmm. they integrate them into society instead of them just being you know as you were saying at the beginning others as opposed to them just being a random group of people they they become you know part of the community because the people are like you know what I actually have things in common with this this person I actually relate to this exactly and they become friends and they make friends and they make relationships they make connections yeah 100% and I thought that that was a really good so if if even if you you don't have physical things or money that you can donate maybe look and see if in your local area those mm -hmm. those kind of similar initiatives 
are available you know because you can donate your own time you can you don't yeah, you can volunteer to- but also yeah. if you're somebody that like maybe you just want to go along because like maybe you're quite lonely and you want to meet new people too like why not mm-hmm. jump on that experience that take advantage of like they're not the only people that can gain something out of it right like it's a two-way street and it doesn't it even if you are volunteering your time which is nice of you to give up your time remember that like they like just remember that do you know what i mean like don't be that volunteer that's like oh i'm looking great i'm putting on my cv blah 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 like actually be there because you want to be there and because you care but also because you're learning from being there and you're gaining stuff yourself but not stuff that's going to be spoken about in a job interview just stuff that's going to make you a more well-rounded person and somebody who people want to know and be friends with and live with and i guess yeah you go you go. I was going to say, yeah, please don't go to these places if you only think about it from a selfish perspective. Because I did see a lot of the other volunteers mm-hmm. when I was at this camp that you could tell that they were just there for them. You know, they were there to, you yeah. know, take pictures with the volunteers and with the children to post on their Instagram and be like, hey, yeah, look at respect this. Their, is, like, respect yeah. their privacy as well, and the you know, same as you would anyone else. Exactly. Like, don't because you don't know, be taking photos of people without permission. Yeah, you know, as soon as they leave that camp, they're not going to think about these people ever again. Exactly. If it's somebody I mean, that you become friends with, them. yeah, if you become friends with someone and you become in contact with them for all good reasons, like guests take photos together, like if you become a family friend, but only if you gain a relationship like that and that relationship like yeah. that, which you are going to keep going. If you're yeah. not, then don't like, don't treat people like that. It's not okay. Yeah, they're not your, they're you're not your like media puppets. Them. Yeah, yeah, you exactly. are just You really um, are. Just for yourself. Just good. for Scottish people, there's two local charities which I want to shout out that are in Scotland that I um one that I worked with and one that um I just know of from um everything during lockdown and re- are really incredible. So the one that I've just heard of and um would love to be involved with, but I just don't live there is um Glasgow has a charity called Refugee, um which is really cool because if you, people who don't know like your if you're Glaswegian, then you're a Ouija. So they've like combined the two. Um, That's so nice. An, a nice kind of like, it's kind of like a new Scott thing, but a Ouija thing. And um, so that's the yeah. name of that charity. And um, they're really incredible. They do super cool things. They, I think they have, they send out food packages and stuff. They have, I think they have EL classes. They also do, they have like a little library um, mm-hmm. at their hub and things like that. So they've got a really cool, like that's educating people here as well as like having a library for refugees. Does that make sense? Like it's like a two-way yeah. thing. Um, yeah. So they're really cool. We'll link their Instagram. And then in Edinburgh, the char- one of the charities I've like got to work with and got to know and really love called The Welcoming. They're really, really cool charity. And I highly recommend that you, um, you check them out. And if you're near there, check them out. If not, just like look for local charities online. Honestly, it's not that complicated normally i know that scotland has like a scottish refugee council i think is the name of it i'm obviously just okay. using the word refugee because that's the name of the title um and the other thing is just like fight for change wherever you live right so don't just mm-hmm. don't just be like oh i'm signing petitions please do sign petitions if they are useful petitions but realize that petitions aren't everything yes sign the petition that choose love is put up from moira because we know that that's a petition that's going to be used and it's going to be impactful it's not something that has been set up without really thinking about how they're going to deal with it if that makes sense like i think petitions have gone kind of weird recently 
where people just yeah. kind of make, make them without realizing that you can't just make a petition and then people sign it and then it's done like there's a lot more work than that and right. obviously choose love do know what they're doing so they are a good charity to sign petitions for and yeah but write to your MP like why do you have to sign a petition like take the time out of your day to write or call or email your MP anyone like involved in that space a mayor an MP uh like I don't know like what else there is heck if it's like your local community and maybe you go to church and maybe you want your church to be more inclusive talk to your minister like just talk to people who have the authority kind of thing if that makes yeah. sense like talk to the people who have the ability to do bigger things than you can do obviously do mm-hmm. things yourself but also that's a thing you can do is use your voice to talk to others who are more likely to listen to you than they might somebody who's not from the community yeah and- i think you just have to remember that like we are in a more privileged position than these yeah. people are already just by existing here in this country so there are just little things that we can all do that make a difference to them agreed um yeah so i mean we could keep talking about this for ages but i feel (laughs) like we have said enough for today maybe future episodes we will talk about it more but we really want you to take the time to get to know the individuals in your community who are new scots or whatever term is used in your local community Mm -hmm. positive new term i should add um yes and get to know these people like get to know people in your community and just implement change where you live and where you work where you teach if that's what you do where you go to the gym where you do whatever you do in your life um Mm -hmm. and let's make this country somewhere where people actually do feel safe and not somewhere we just think they feel they think they feel safe and then they get here and realize that this, this place isn't safe at all Let's actually no. let's yeah. actually make it a safe place for them um yes. so yeah that's about everything so thank you so much for joining me for one of our infamous episodes in conversation with naomi and yeah. i'm sure i'm sure you'll be back for more these these oh, are the ones that do the best that, so you are not getting rid of me anytime <laughs> soon. my voice will so. be heard again <laughs> <laughs> thank you so much for coming on and um for those of you listening, you will hear me, I suppose, or Naomi, if you listen to small talk, um, next week. Thank you so much for listening. Bye. Bye. Okay, so I know we kind of ended off the podcast already by saying goodbye to Naomi. But of course, um, I do like to end the podcast every week with what I'm reading right now. I am actually reading the same thing that I was reading last week as it's rather a hefty book. I have been enjoying finding way more time to read now that my I've got a little bit more used to my university course here and things have become a little bit less hectic. I love going to the beach to read and I've also made a little nook at the bottom of my bed to read like um, just out of cushions and I really love reading there when the sun is coming in as well with the natural light. So I am still reading The Ungrateful Refugee by Dina Nayari. Um, I'm pretty sure that's how you pronounce that last name. Apologies if it's not. And um, I actually bought this book at the Lighthouse Book. So I just want to shout out. I've shouted them out before. I'm going to do it again. If you're an Edinburgh person or happen to be visiting Edinburgh at any point in your life, I highly recommend you check out Lighthouse Books. Um, a super duper cool um, organization bookshop um, but more of an organization they do really cool things and you should also check out their Instagram which I will have linked in the bio but I think it's at lighthouse book 
BTS or something like that. But I will have that linked in the show notes as well, just because I'm a massive fan of what they do. Um, so thank you. So much for listening to this week's episode. Um, I hope you enjoyed it and I will be here next week and hopefully you will be listening. That was a really awkward way to end. I'm, apologies. Uh, thank you so much. Bye.